The sucker was simple and plain. Motherfuck him and John Wayne. Motherfuck him and John Wayne. I can say that without having to worry about like copyright, right? Like, there's no beat. It's under ten seconds, okay. and there is no beat. Fair enough. If you have beef with us, you can email me at. I'm not going to put my email here. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good way to handle that. Plus, I'm not sure like Flava Flav or Professor Griff are doing much right now, so. They, they might have Flav's still looking for love. Oof. <laughs> so like like you said, this is sort of an impromptu thing because the episode that we were going to release isn't really releasable for various reasons. Yeah, it's kind of sounds like dog water. Well, we, we recorded it, what, dude, like a month and a half ago or something? Around that, yeah. Like a good bit ago before we'd really even, I think we put it out before we'd even gone live. And neither one of us were, first of all, we recorded it three fucking times, so I feel like the episode itself was doomed anyway. Cursed. Um, and after the, the, fi- like the final, I don't want to do this again take, the audio still wasn't great, and the content wasn't really great either, and it's kind of good to be able to, after having done a whole bunch of these, look at it like, hey, let's do a better job <laughs> yeah we're, we're taking the time to refine what we have to say about this uh very nuanced topic that uh well that was where we're gonna talk to about today you know like being more nuanced was definitely part of it but i also feel like one of the things that we touched on originally was like police unions and shit and i think that that's already been covered better than we could do it by um Robert Evans with Behind the Police. Again, yeah, so, I know most of what I know because of that series. Right, so like in, in a lot of ways, like it would be retreading information that's already been made available in the last year, and there's no point to that, so I'd rather just tell you to go listen to Behind the Police by Robert Evans uh, for more information about the history of policing, how it relates to the KKK and all that kind of shit. So that's not what we're going to do today, Cody. What are we going to do today, Mox? (sighs) We're going to discuss the history of the Pennsylvania State Police and the Pittsburgh Police. uh, Because that's more relevant to us. And in some ways, it's more specifically shitty. I think you find more and more often that uh, Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh in particular sets a standard for policing in this country. And not in good ways. No, it's like, yeah, they set the bar nice and low. Yeah, as as you often find with law enforcement. Uh, but anyway, let's get into it, shall we? Let me of course. just hit this real quick, because I feel like I'm going to need it. The Hunter S. Thompson look over here. Uh, brought to you by your local podcaster. <sighs> All right, let's get into it. So, 
the Pennsylvania police's contentious relationship with the people of the state goes back literally hundreds of years. Basically, as long as we've had cops, they've been a problem for the people of the state. Uh, beginning in 1868, Pennsylvania granted companies the right to hire their own police. Uh, so any, yeah, anyone who had property that they wanted defended from workers or poor people could just hire their own thugs, basically. And seriously, like when I looked into this shit, the rates were like a dollar a week. Like they weren't even paying a lot, but it was just like out of work soldiers and shit who needed something to do. They just hire them to beat up people who wanted more money and things like that. God damn it. Uh, and that was legal until 1893 as a direct result of the Homestead Revolt, uh, which course, we're yeah. going to talk a, about eventually. A lovely but story, honestly. Just a quick, a brief overview of that. Henry Frick hired 300 Pinkertons to um, beat Keyword, the living yeah. shit out of uh, people who were trying to uh, fight for better wages. Yeah, the people of Homestead, essentially. Yes, yes. All the uh, uh, steel fac- workers. Yeah, factory workers, I believe. Right. So, uh, as a direct result of that, the Commonwealth technically outlawed the ability for any company to just hire their own poli- private police, but private police firms still existed. Uh, in fact, five years after the Homestead Revolt, or I'm sorry, five years after uh, they illegalized private police forces being hired by companies, uh, the Latimer Massacre occurred. And uh, that's whenever 150 recently deputized coal and iron police uh, fired their guns indiscriminately into a crowd of 400 striking uh, striking workers and killed 19 people and wounded 32. So, wow. One of the things... And, I do want to focus primarily on police's relationship to black people, but I do think it's important to highlight that the Pennsylvania police uh, and the Pittsburgh police both have a relationship with workers, poor people, unionists, and black people that goes back as long as we've had cops here. It's why we have them. And I think it's important to remember that... One of the reasons I think people don't think we need to address certain things is because they feel like at some point we did already, right? Right. And when you go back through the history, that didn't happen. So these issues that were a a thing 150 years ago don't go away. They just evolve, right? So these people who you hired for the purpose of attacking the poor and working class did not evolve into something else. They just kept doing that. Yeah, they got the somehow courageous advantage of having a government to back them now. Well, it's not necessarily even the government, because I think even the government's afraid of police unions, if we're being totally honest. They can't do much about them. Yeah, they, l- they lost control of it. Uh, it's it, it's, a, it's a, just a big arm that has its own mind now. Exactly. Uh, so, to try to deal with the problem of private policing that they were having in Pennsylvania, uh, the Pennsylvania State Constabulary was established in 1905 uh, after companies hired thugs as private police during another uh, a- another strike, uh, the anthracite coal strike of 1902. Um, when I say that the Pennsylvania State Police were established strictly to fight people who were trying to start unions. I'm not exaggerating that in any way. That is 100% factual. Uh, 
and the state police were model, modeled after the uh, the Philippine Constabulary, who maintained American rule in the Philippines following the Spanish-American War, uh, wh- during which a genocide took place. If you're not familiar with that, there's a lot of history there you could look up. Uh, Google's not your friend, but it is a tool, as we're fond of saying on the show. Indeed. Uh, and they also introduced horses... And um, this reminded people from Eastern Europe who were immigrating here of the Cossacks. So mm-hmm. um, the, Pits- the Pennsylvania State Police came to be known the Pennsylvania known as the Pennsylvania Cossacks, not just here but like nationwide. Uh, in, in fact, by 1911, so I told you that we, we established police here in, like, 1905. Six years later, they had a national reputation for their brutality. So they were known all over the country for being like the shittiest cops possible within six years of being established as the first uniform state police union. I mean, police force. Mm -hmm. And when they were initially introduced, like Roosevelt sort of applauded it and said, maybe we should do this everywhere. Uh, But after enough time, it was, oh, no, this is actually a terrible idea. Um. In 1915, the State Commission on Industrial Relations reported that the PA State Police, quote, is an extremely efficient force for crushing strikes, but it is not successful in preventing violence in connection with strikes, in maintaining legal and civil rights of the parties to the dispute, nor in the protection of the public. On the contrary, violence seems to increase rather than diminish when the constabulary is brought into an industrial dispute. The legal and civil rights of the workers have on numerous occasions been violated. That is over 100 years ago now. Yeah, literally just acknowledging. So So they're really good at beating the fuck out of people, but they're not good at much else. They have the most (laughs) consistent track record, to be fair, because they've just been 100 years strong, murdering innocent poor people. It's it's crazy. They're they're like the shark. You know, (laughs) like they, they have not had to evolve because they've been good at what they were supposed to be doing from the very beginning. Exactly. Fucking... Uh, just terrifying. They are sharks of the the fucking concrete, man. So that's the state police. Just to give you a bit of a history there, uh, Pittsburgh, for its part, has more than one hundred metropolitan police departments. I I knew there were a fuckload, but I didn't know there were that many. Like we went to a protest last year. I think it was in Mount Washington, and there were a bunch of uh, pigs standing around who had transportation police uniforms on. So, like, I didn't know the Port Authority had cops, but the Port Authority has its own police department. And and the mail system, I believe, too, Yeah, right? the Postal Service, Housing Authority has its own police. Like, if you get evicted, it's the Housing Authority police who evict you. That's That makes me feel um, very weird. Yeah, right? It's kind of fucked up. You don't think that you'd need 100 different kinds of police for a city of... There's less than a million people in Pittsburgh, eh? Probably. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would think. Way less than a million. Uh, so, the, as I said, there's over 100 different metropolitan police departments. And as of 2021, uh, the city of Pittsburgh Police Department has a budget of $111 million. Now... Compared to the uh, Bureau of Operations budget, uh, they have a uh, an annual budget of $18,767,365. The Environmental Services budget is $16,161,244, and the Parks and Rec budget is $3,876,001. 
So in other words, we spend less on our operations budget, which is like built like like housing and shit. So like we spend less on housing, environmental services, and our parks combined than we do on the police in the city. And the average police salary is only about 50000 a year. So they're still only making, like, what is that, like 23 bucks an hour or something like that? Which I is more than most people, but... Right. I think it was, what, 15 is like 35000 a year, so... So give or take, like 20, 20, 20 to $25 yeah. an hour. So roughly what you get paid to work at Amazon, basically. But you also have that... It's, it's beyond oh, it's, the it's, money they don't sometimes. they don't do it for the money I don't think I, I it's, think, I'm think just it's a steal money from it fucking I'm no, just highlighting how lockers. much of that 111 million dollars probably doesn't go to salary you exactly. know what I, that I mean, that was more weapons. yeah it's it's for ordinance really and we're gonna talk a bit about that later too. Oh Christ! Um, <laughs> yeah, today's gonna be great, buddy. I already have a belly ache. Um, so the first recorded racially motivated beating of a black man in the city of Pittsburgh by the police was in uh, 1860 on Liberty Avenue. Uh, two police officers beat a man named Alfred Jordan uh, for basically being black and outside. Uh, before arresting him, and a crowd of people said that they beat him with nightsticks. Uh, where you're going to hear a lot about nightsticks, and I kind of want to just take a moment to point out that a lot of what you hear from liberals in like modern police discourse is maybe we should be giving them different arms, not like doing away with the function of police as like uh, dealing with the public in the way that they do. Maybe they shouldn't have guns, right? Well, what you come to find out is that they find a way to kill people with whatever you give them. Yeah, they just ask the fire fucking department. Or they'll just choke you to death. Yeah, or they have dogs still. Yeah, that's another thing we're going to talk a little bit about. Because fucking that was terrifying. Fucking kind of interesting. That's psychological warfare. I don't care what it, anyone it literally, says. Literally, I, I don't want to give too much away because I Sorry. do have like a plotted out <laughs> timeline here. But they, they quite literally got the idea from the Nazis. It's kind of fascinating. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Why are they all German shepherds? That's literally. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That I'm is sorry. literally. It, no, it's, you're good. You're good. I you're keep good. spoiling it. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. The, the cake is still baking, buddy. You, mm. didn't, you didn't ruin it. It smells nice. Uh, so. In June of 1925, representatives from the Hill District met with county officials to discuss, uh, quote, police brutality and terrorism against black citizens. That was in 1925. Oh. Uh, and they used the word terrorism, which I think is noteworthy. Uh, and then it, three years later, in 1928, the ACLU published a report called The Shame of Pennsylvania. Have you ever heard of this? <laughs> Oh, my God. So... The shame? The shame of Pennsylvania, in which... It sounds like my diary. The <laughs> Sorry. No, I you're digress. good, buddy. You're good. Uh, so in 1928, the ACLU asserted that Pennsylvania had, and I'm fucking quoting, more police violence, brutality, and violations of civil rights than any other state in the Union. Yay. And by 1934, reports of police, quote, 
cracking Negro skulls were so rampant that then-Mayor William McNair considered banning the use of nightsticks. Like we were just talking about, about how it doesn't really matter what you give them. Yeah, they'll that figure out a way. They were, at by 1934, beating people senseless with clubs to the point that they considered outlawing the use of clubs. It's you know that what's that thing they say about like if you don't learn from history it happens again or whatever Willie Nelson was singing about. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Willie! And then again, damn, uh, like we home. we just got done saying in in November of 1958 the canine unit was introduced, uh, and that was literally they they got the idea from the German military because they used German shepherds and found that it was effective on the lines. Uh, and in 1967. They introduced chemical mace as a quote-unquote humane alternative for the nightsticks. So people got tired of having their skulls fractured. Now you get sprayed in the face with chemicals. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> the, the better alternative, right? I guess so. No laying of hands. <laughs> it's the more Christian way to oppress yes, black people. Yes. And I think that Don't get America's your hands always dirty by very, touching very the poor. about that. Yeah. Uh, so in, in 1968... Bastards. As a direct response to civil unrest after the murder of Martin Luther King Jr., uh, the city of Pittsburgh created the Tactical Patrol Force, uh, which were uh, was colloquially referred to as the Goon Squad, and their entire purpose was just to target and beat up groups of young black men. Uh, in 1969, they gassed, beat, and arrested 131 peaceful protesters on the Manchester Bridge. Uh, but and this is a fun. This I love historical research for this reason because like you don't have the benefit of seeing how things tie together while they're happening necessarily yeah, unless you you're like see. me and you get stoned and watch things all day. Yeah, the tapestry is laid out so much more fluently now. Exactly. So we had this task force that was literally just put together to attack and imprison quote-unquote uppity Negroes, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, so pot smokers. They were disbanded in 1970. What year do you think the narcotics division was established? I want to say 72, but I know that's 71. 70. Oh, 70. Yeah. 70. Okay. Like no, not late even 70, a year. early 71. Not they were basically established and disbanded at the same time. I don't have the numbers or anything, but I would assume it's probably a lot of the same fucking people. <laughs> I bet the name. Yeah, the names, the checklist, all is the same, you know. Sign in sheet has the same fucking. List. Basically, yeah. Uh, so, in June of 1971, 19-year-old Ernest Williams was shot in what police said was a case of mistaken identity, and no charges were filed against the officers. Later in oh, September of, of that same year, they shot and killed his brother. Oh, Jesus. So here's an interesting thing. They, the, the police said that they uh, shot him because they thought he was going to run, him, run them over, but the bullets went through the passenger side door, not head-on. Funny how that works. Uh, and I think that I'm going to be listing a bunch of these kinds of things, but I think something that I just wanted to touch on really quickly uh, and we'll talk a bit more about deeper in is that you get into a lot of conversations about statistics not proving that there's a racial bias with police or the numbers not saying this or the numbers not saying that. And what I think people fail to understand is that they keep their own records. They're also in charge of... Uh, maintaining and and filing their own records. 
So police data, as shit as it is, is only as shit as it is because they couldn't cover up all of it. <laughs> that is absolutely terrifying. I mean, it, it really fucking is, dude. Um, let's continue. In 1984... <laughs> Anthony Eggers uh, was struck and pinned between two cars and killed. Uh, the ki- I think he was only like 15, by the way. I oh didn't include his age, but he's like 15 years old. Uh, but he was killed by Officer Bernard Haunt. Uh, he was acquitted of this. And then in 1988, he was convicted on five counts of burglary. And then again in 1994 for selling cocaine in an illegal gambling operation he was running. Sounds like a good so, cop. Yeah, and it's funny how like he got convicted of those two things but not killing the black kid, you know. Uh there's and that that actually I, we don't need to talk a ton about this, but one of the things that I started to notice a a pattern of in reports about like negative in, uh interactions with police and black people, particularly black women. They steal from black women all the time historically, and I don't know why we're not fucking talking about it. It just there's so many instances of we they they falsely imprisoned someone took money out of their purse and then let them go later. It's it's kind of insane. It, it they know who is the most uh, easy to take advantage of. I guess so, and who no one's going to listen to. I think is what it, what it comes down to in some cases. Exactly. Uh, so in 1992, Dwayne Dixon was killed in a drug sweep. In 1993, uh, Manea, or I think it's Manea, if I'm mispronouncing, I, I very much apologize. Uh, Manea Bay was shot 13 times in the back while fleeing arrest. In 1995, police murder Johnny Gamage. Do you, do you remember this, or are you too young for this? I was a mere toddler. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so... He was actually the cousin of a guy who played for the Steelers. He managed, he was like his business partner. He ran his business or whatever. Okay. And he wasn't even from here. I think he was from Syracuse, but he he had a place in Moon Township. And he was stopped on his way home. Of course, yeah. And as is so frequently the case, as every black person listening to this can recount, as, as can I, uh, this turned into several police. And... Um, when he was asked to get out of the car, he got out of the car. His um, belongings were knocked out of his hand with a flashlight. Yep. Uh, he tried to struggle. And oh, in an image very, very familiar to one that we all saw last last year, he was asphyxiated uh, by having the uh, airflow cut off to his... Brain, they choked yeah. him to death, yeah, basically. They beat, they beat him up and choked him to death is what I'm having a difficult time saying, I guess. So, this was a high-profile case, as as you can imagine. And, um, as I said, it was determined that he died as, uh, as the result of asphyxiation due to plesh- pressure being applied to his neck and chest. And a coroner's ju- jury ruled the death a homicide and recommended homicide charges against all five of the officers who were involved. This is fucking almost 100 fucking... Wait, no, this is no, the This is 1995, 80s. dude. 1995. Sorry, yeah, this is... It just doesn't make any fucking sense. It's the George Floyd case in, in Pittsburgh in, in 1995. 1995. 
So there were five officers involved. It was recommended that homicide charges be given to all five of them. In response, the DA charged three of them with involuntary manslaughter. The first trial was against officers Michael Albert and Milton Mulholland, and a mistrial was declared for the first trial, and the judge ruled that charges couldn't be refiled. That was overturned by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, and new charges were filed with a new judge. And this trial was also declared a mistrial whenever the jury was hopelessly deadlocked 11 to 1 when the only person calling for a conviction was the only black person on the jury. So after the second mistrial, it was declared that it would be a, a violation of double jeopardy to try them again, and all charges were dropped. So they got off. Uh, the second trial was for Officer John Voitas, I think is how you, It's V-O-J-T-A-S. Frankly, I don't give a fuck how you pronounce your name. I think it's Voitas, though. Uh, that also resulted in an acquittal from an all-white jury. Oh, Jesus. So he got off as well. Um, it's interesting to note that he was placed on administrative leave in 1999 after his wife, uh, quote, committed suicide with his service weapon, and it was determined that the police had tampered with evidence and the scene of the and the scene of the event. Holy fuck! Yeah, how fucking like this is mob level status. Crime oh, and debauchery. That, that's because the police are a bunch of criminals, Cody. But why can no one fucking get that through their thick skulls? Lots and lots of propaganda, and I think the fact that a lot of worldviews are based on the idea that they're the good guys and we're the bad guys. How can That's a hard thing to shake. How can everyone that's not in a goddamn uniform be a bad guy? <laughs> God damn it. I well, it's not everyone. It's it's certain people. Some people know not to upset the state, so it's never a problem. Oh, by the way, he was returned to active duty in 2003. I figured. So, um, I hope he has heart disease. He's also the one who's credited with starting uh, the, the assault that led to the murder of Johnny Gamage. So basically, he killed a black man and got acquitted. He, I'm going to say allegedly... I think I have to say allegedly That's for legal purposes, term, right? Yeah. Allegedly murdered his wife and called it a suicide. Uh, and got to keep being a cop in 2003. <laughs> uh, to backtrack it a little bit, though, uh, as a result of the Johnny Gamage case and several other... Actually, by 1997, just from 1990 to 1997, that seven-year period, the Pittsburgh police had been sued over 100 times, uh, prompting, prompting action from the U.S. Department of Justice, who had just granted the Civil Rights Department power to sue state and local governments. Mm -hmm. So... In April of that year, Pittsburgh became the first police department in the country to receive federal intervention after uh, <clasps> seeing broad... Uh, so, so um, to put that in another way, the federal government entered into a consent decree with the city of Pittsburgh police where they had to answer directly to the federal government about how they did a lot of things for a period of five years. So we had federal intervention into police misconduct as recently as 1997. And the best part of this is, dude, it was reported that it worked. Like, <laughs> that, that the community's relationship with the police was improved, that uh, the numbers of, like, the numbers of uh, instances of excessive force went down, 
this was a success. Yeah. Uh, so much so that it was uh, later attempted, uh, probably to less success as, as history is borne out, in Los Angeles, Cincinnati, Detroit, the state of New Jersey, Steubenville, Ohio, and Prince George's County, Maryland. Uh, so a bunch of places saw that Pennsylvania, or specifically Pittsburgh, allowed the federal government to come in and be like, you're going to have to do this the way we want you to do it or you don't get to do it anymore. And as it turns out, uh, the police force works better when you regulate it. You I don't, don't fucking say, bud. You don't, now, you there's don't tons say and tons and tons of reports of how the cops didn't like this. They did not like the oversight. And ever since that, like the the consent decree ended in 2002. And ever since then, they've done everything they possibly can to resist any type of oversight of any kind. So they, it's, the, they don't enjoy having to answer to people, but it does make them better at their jobs. But they do love, and I mean, oh, do they love taking our money and spending it wherever they please, on whatever they want. Exactly. Uh, and it's not like I said that that, that was a lasting change. Uh, in fact, according to the city of Pittsburgh Police's own records on excessive force, by 2011, one in ten police arrests re- uh, involved excessive use of force, and 3% of arrests that, in- that involved a warrant. So in their own record keeping, they acknowledge that one in ten arrests that they make, someone gets the shit kicked out of them. I I don't think that's a great record. That shouldn't be over a percentage. For $111 million a year, you'd think you could buy better than not breaking someone's arm one out of every ten times you arrest someone for crossing the street at the wrong time. That's not even an A when I was in school. Right. That's a 90%. That was a B. <laughs> it's not even Oh, that's right. That's right. Not not even a Not even high marks, bud. Listen, I won't eat at a restaurant that's graded below an A, you know. Especially oh, if I'm no. out of town. No, absolutely not. Why in the hell would Why would I ruin my vacation with that? Why why would they do Why do they deserve any grade below perfection? And that that's actually kind of relevant to my next point, and I sort of touched on it earlier, and that's that it's noteworthy that any data coming from the police is dubious, and uh, the PA state police in particular are one of 11 departments that don't record racial data for traffic stops. Uh, of course they don't, Well, they, they don't stopped, want you to know. Well, they stopped doing it after it was brought to their attention that they stopped and searched black motorists at a rate three times higher than any others. Of course. So, in other words, they had data saying that they had an issue with racial bias, so they stopped recording racial data. Now there's not a racial bias anymore. And there's probably, like, I would say there's less than fucking 25% of Pennsylvanians are black. I don't know the numbers on that, to be perfectly honest. 25 is higher than the national average. I mean, I think I think it's 14 nationally. That makes sense. So I, I mean, it's probably around that then, because I mean, but still, I wouldn't you said be surprised it like if it's lower. I mean, Philadelphia would be the highest concentration in the in the in the in the state. I of course, think. and it's just like that's where the inequality is really being shown is the amount of population of people that are black compared to how frequently they're exactly being if stopped. If we make up on average, especially in like rural areas, fuck, less than one percent of the population in some areas. 
but we are being stopped 400% of the time, <laughs> that suggests there may be a problem. And wow. um, that's not just a problem here, it's a problem nationally. Uh, so much so that it's it's uh, coined driving while black. I'm sure you've heard of that by now. It came it yeah. became popular in the 90s. Uh, but it's just a, another way of saying racial profiling for motorists. And it's actually, in, it's been proven to be encouraged in some police departments. I'm sure. It's that, you know, if you see yeah. people of color, you should assume they're up to something. Right. Uh, and... Interestingly enough, in 2019, the Stanford Open Policing Project project mined data from uh, 100 million traffic stops and found that black and Latinx mo- motorists are uh, more frequently stopped with less evidence to base the stop on, even though on average white motorists are more likely to have illegal substances and contraband. Exactly. And to go back to the number for population of Pennsylvania, it's 10.6%. Ten percent of the population. Yes, are African American. And like like we said, in places like I would think like Philadelphia, it's probably a bit higher. But on average, Pennsylvania is a lot of predominantly white small towns. Exactly, Dutch and Polish. So, yeah, ten percent of the population, three times more likely to be stopped by police in a car, though. Makes no sense. And that was, I think, they stopped taking the data in like 2006 or something just to put this into perspective you have 10 people in a room and there's just one black fellow and then you pick that black fellow three times out of fucking out of everyone else yeah yes. it's, uh, yeah that, it's <laughs> exactly yeah. it's it's insane when you start to think about it like i guess any form of racism when you try to think about it logically it'll just give you a fucking headache yeah it burns you out it's, it just seems like it's it it's, it's not a fallacy specifically it's so in logic like i guess it's logical right. to the people who created the system but i'm not one of them so i don't really get it you know what i mean uh but yeah, same buddy <laughs> to, to get back to the never-ending horrible parade of dead black people i've um, had screams in my head ever since you started talking buddy it's I'm, pretty i'm sorry i have that effect on you it's yeah, um, i mean yeah it's, it happens. It's not. It's not my fault. It's history. That's I'm just true. Telling you about things that people who look like you did to people who look like me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm. I'm at least happy I'm having the conversation. I not, appreciate not witnessing it. it. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, so in 2016, Bruce Kelly Jr. was uh, murdered by eight police officers. This is the cat. I don't know if you remember. He was killed for drinking in public. He was stopped for having a beer outside and then murdered by eight police officers you know it's it's to make it a topical relation to this story uh, we've had a a friend that was basically pulled off his stoop for like drinking and telling a guy to fuck off in uh, in a like a parking situation and like the cop threw him in the drunk tank because he stepped off his stoop he like the cop walked up to him once you're off your property you're fair game yeah he he entrapped him because he's a young young buck you know and you know, that's, that's also that's the game they play. They know how to fucking trap you in the stupid bureaucratic nonsense. If I can go off of that for like one second, I used to, and I think it came from like a young fascination with the Black Panthers, right? I used to have this idea that knowledge of the law is your friend in like traffic stop situations. But I think the older I get, I've realized that I don't have to be right to get shot. Yeah, or I mean, I'm sorry. To, I don't have to be wrong to get shot. I can be right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it yeah, I know matter. what you mean. Yeah, I I don't have to have been doing any. Um, I, I'm I was always aware I didn't have to have been doing something wrong. 
But I think that as a young person, you have this idea. It's like, oh, you know, uh, you don't have to roll down the window if you don't want to. You can just show them your ID. Yeah, they can shoot through glass, though, motherfucker. So, like... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I basically learned that when there was the case in New Mexico of the gentleman that was ordered to crawl on his hands and knees outside yeah. of his... Um, he was a. It was an apartment. It was like a hotel room. He was. Oh, the the white gentleman who was like playing video games or something. Yeah, and the cop basically told him to crawl out on his hands and knees, and like you gave him a, uh, conflicting orders to like put his hands yes. up, but also lay yes. down, and like he didn't know what to do, so he was just like basically begging to like like you're gonna kill me. I don't know what to do. And, and like, so much of that has to do with you know one of those things I I don't want to like dwell a lot on is that they're just not trained for. That guy's literally just a psychopath. That cop has killed before. He's killed in California. And the yeah. job attracts those kind of people. Exactly. I'm sorry. Like, we, we are going to talk a little bit about the George Floyd Act, and one of the things that I don't think it did much, but one of the things that it did address is this idea, well, no, this wasn't the George Floyd Act. I misspoke. In Pennsylvania specifically last year, we passed legislation to uh, further vets, uh police hires with psychological exams specifically targeting people with PTSD because oh, I, I think that you find you know historically you can't do certain things for extended period of time without it having a negative toll on you like I am not attempting to humanize cops in any way shape or form but we could even look at like Nazis and they had to like switch those guys out that worked at the camps every couple of months because they get fucking burned out on it. Yeah, they kill themselves. Yeah, you can't or develop serious drug and alcohol problems. Of you course, can't, yeah, it's coping mechanisms. You can't be that person for like it takes a very very special is the wrong word kind of person. Uh, it takes a psychedelic do, person. Yeah, it's to almost do like a that. hypnotic trance like there's like there's only like one pinochet for every 10 million people you know what i mean for good reason i hear you yeah um so what why why were we talking about nazis it's just always kind of on my mind i guess <laughs> son of a bitch every goddamn Here episode buddy uh, uh, but that's that's fuck. okay i'm i'm fine with taking a breather while i remember why i was talking about hitler I guess I'm just getting to that age where every conversation we is PTSD. close to being about... Oh, that! thank you. Yes, thank you. I'm thank here you. for you, pal. I appreciate it. Uh, that, that was one of the uh, new provisions we made in yes, police reform. In interviews, yes. Better police psychological exams. Right. Because... Uh, oh, right. Because like you can't be a shithead forever without it affecting you negatively, psychologically speaking. And I also just think that... There is something to be said that it that it's a line of work that attracts a certain kind of person. I, yeah, there's a special uh, brain type. Yeah, they they have a look and a smell too. I, yeah. You can tell when they're off duty for fuck's sake. Fucking potato soup bastards. And that was just a really really brief digression to to get into what was going on in 2018, uh, which Fucking is the year Christ. that I think that was either. That was when Steph and I moved back to Pittsburgh after we'd been out of Pittsburgh for a little while. Right. And that was the year that Mark Daniels was murdered at the beginning of the year, and then Antoine Rose was murdered in uh, in, in the fall. And Fuck. again, kid shot in the back running away. It's, just... it's, it's crazy how it's just the same shit over and over and over again. Uh, how hard is it just to see 
what this is for what it is and just the blatant pain that this these transgressions cause of violence well i think in so many cases you don't see this as a thing until it happens to you or someone you know like i can remember as a young person you know trying to relate to my friends interactions that i had with police and being told that didn't happen because they're not allowed to do things like that you know, here's just a brief story for you. Uh, different from the one that I told on the original episode, I'm not going to retell that story because I've already told it three times. <laughs> and I have plenty of shitty cop stories. Uh, so a really good friend of mine and I were living together, and we had to pick his girlfriend up from work. And so we were driving home at like 3.30 in the afternoon, and we got stopped by the police, and our car was surrounded, and we were t- ordered to get out of the car at gunpoint, and sat on the curb, and the police then proceeded to ask every one of us what our social security numbers were. Uh, that doesn't seem legal at all. That well, does not seem fair. That does I'm, seem I'm weird. getting to that. Oh my god! I'm just so reacting. I was I'm like terrified. I was probably 15 or 16 at the time. Yeah, yeah like between yeah, yeah. I would say uh, generously between 14 and 16 years old at the time this happened. So yeah. so I have a police officer with a gun in my face asking me what my social security number is, and I don't know it. So, the pig takes my phone out of my pocket, calls my house, and tells my mother that he has me in custody and he needs to know my social security number. She tells it to him, then he hangs up on her while she's in the middle of talking. So they ran all of our information... The car that we were driving belonged to my friend's aunt, and I guess the uh, registration was expired, or the inspection sticker was expired. I'm sure it wasn't. So all of this was supposedly over-expired registration or something like that, and probably the idea that it was registered to a woman and we were two black dudes. Uh, So they impounded the car, and then we had to walk home, which was like eight and a half miles or some shit. And it wasn't until like the school year, the following, the following semester or whatever of, of high school that I'm recounting this story to kids who are telling me that there isn't a problem with racism and police. And I am told that the police aren't allowed to ask for your social. You're making that up. Of course. Yeah. As if that matters. <laughs> They're not allowed to... They're not allowed to do most of the things that they do. The problem is they decide whether they are punished for those things. It's almost as if there's no consequences. Or even worse is just, uh, you know, they've... I don't know, it just seems like some kind of satanic, like they've broken the seal, and it's like the the nganga only wants more blood are you trying to suggest that the uh, american police force is pure concentrated evil it's it runs on blood yeah i mean i'm not going to i'm not going to deny that 100% <laughs> i mean i don't want to build like a qAnon around hating the police I but might. i mean if you i i will give you money if you want <laughs> like yeah. i i won't join but i'll help fundraise yeah it's I, I, it's I, only fair i can find a snappy name like the qAnon that that was good stuff Pig destroyer is already a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it might, so, it might just be pig watch. We'll find it out. It, we'll, stay we'll tuned. Crowdsource. Yeah. I don't know. We'll put up a poll. <laughs> crowdsource on. the name of our cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comment on the post when we share this. It's the kind of jokes we can only make when Ian's not here. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably be making. It's some. like a, a weird cult phobia. 
I suppose. I, I mean, I get it. He grew out in the woods, so. Fair you, enough. You probably heard them hippies dancing around the fires. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's that's the Wild fair. West out in the Fennelton Hills. I, I grew up kind of liking Charles Manson because he seemed like he scared the squares. Um, There's a reason why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You grow up and you realize like he scared people for valid reasons. But yeah. as, a, as a young person. I don't think you could get that guy to s- smoke a, uh, a joint with you and not fucking go off about something that's like totally unrelated. I mean, I want to say the swastika that he cut into his own forehead probably tells me he, we wouldn't be smoking a joint together. But, you know. <laughs> I'm talking pre-jail, Charlie. When okay, had, fair, when fair. When, whenever people just said he wanted to start a race war. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just wanted to play some fucking, you know, soft rock music. That's absolutely, all. absolutely. Baby, can you dig your man? Or no, that's a Stephen King reference. That's not even a Charles Manson song. I can't believe I'm, bla- I I'm blanking on Charles Manson songs because I know all of them. I also can't believe we got on a Charles Manson digression in an episode about police brutality. We haven't been able to well, talk in so long. To be this fair, nice. it, he was sort of a victim of a lot of police brutality in quite a lot of ways. Yeah, he was really funneled into the... Uh a product of uh, the prison industrial complex. In, in Chewed up, spit ways. out. Yeah, this is this is going to be the episode that started out with us with like noble intentions for like talking about Pittsburgh police problems. It's going to get us canceled for platforming Charles Manson for no reason. <laughs> no, uh, please don't go learn his songs. No, don't. I mean, don't. they're definitely not all on Spotify. They're not there at all, or and YouTube. And Lie, the Love and Terror Cult is definitely not like a classic record. Or yeah, something. so anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, these fucking pigs. Exist to Exit, kept... by the way, was the song. I couldn't remember the one that the, the Beach Boys ended uh, up yeah, taking. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so in 2019, uh, that was. Oh, the pain uh, that still was... goes. Yeah, we could go back to talking about Charles Manson if I you want to. I kind wanna... of wish we could. <laughs> <laughs> we can't, though. It's fine. I, I mean, we're. We're gonna so we're just grinding. We're almost done. It's okay. Yeah, just rip the bandaid off, please. I I would if I could. There's if that, that was my a whole thing body is a bandaid to do. Right now, um, let's fucking chew it up, bud. Here we go. So, 2019 was the murder of Ramir Tally, uh, which I'm I'm sure you remember that one's still pretty fresh too. Yeah. And, of course, in 2020, uh, that was whenever America turned into planet protest for a few months. Uh, And that's when the East Liberty police action happened. And I did want to talk just a little bit about that because uh, they used tear gas on the crowd, a crowd that I was in. And that was denied initially by the police, uh, Mayor Bill Peduto, and local news coverage until footage taken by people who were watching from their apartment windows started to leak of us being shelled with tear gas and I smoke bombs. I think I saw that progression happen live on social media. It was like it was from that more. It it's like, really why I have a social yeah. media presence because I wasn't. I've been doing this stuff for a while, and one of the sort of like givens is you don't talk about it much. No, because, because it's incriminating. Exactly. But it was after having to like pull children away from grown men who were trying to beat them senseless with clubs through clouds of chemical gas and then being just 
awoken to the information that that didn't happen to me. Like, that's very, very triggering. I've heard from white people that I am either exaggerating or lying about the police problem my entire life, and I'm a grown man now, and I won't fucking have it. Uh, We were gassed, we were tackled, we were beaten, and a lie was manufactured to justify it, and then Bill Peduto, the Pittsburgh police, and WPXI all lied about it until it was proven that they were lying with footage that was collected from people who lived in the apartments nearby. <sighs> Jesus, I remember it all just like it was fucking yesterday. I see seen the fucking just... It was like... It was almost too good of an angle. Yeah. Like Yeah, I know what you mean. Like it was I like, had a very good view. Yeah. The street street level view. You had, had first person. I understand. Yeah. yeah. But like even just the footage of the police telling people to disperse and then like 15 seconds later just emptying. I mean, it was uh it was it was a weird vibe because you could tell the guy who had the megaphone was nervous. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where someone is getting ready to do something that they know is going to reflect negatively on them for a very, very long time. And that man, I think, on some level, and again, I'm not justifying his behavior or making an excuse for him. It's just a statement of fact. The tone of his voice told me he did not want to be there. Because uh, they knew what they were getting ready to fucking do. And that was not a crowd of rioters. It wasn't really even a crowd of protesters. It wasn't a crowd of angry black people either. It was a lot of old people and children in that fucking crowd. That's exactly right. A lot of white kids who play video games. Young kids who came with youth groups and old people who did not understand was about what was about to happen to them. And I saw what happened to them. I tried to stop it from happening to them. And then I heard that it didn't happen. And I just wanted to put something out for posterity's sake. Uh, Pittsburgh has a contract with a company called Com- uh, Combined Systems Incorporated. Uh, they're a non-lethal weapons manufacturing company located in Jamestown, Pennsylvania, which is approximately 90 miles outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, CSI manufactures smoke bombs, rubber bullets, and tear gas, and has supplied them not only to Pittsburgh, but also to Ferguson, Missouri, and Israel. Just a fun, did you know? It's it's really interesting when you can like see the supply line of your oppressors. Well, it's also interesting how much of this shit's manufactured in Pennsylvania, because there's another company in Homer City, which is near Indiana, Pennsylvania, that manufactures tear gas that's uh, used in Hong Kong. You wouldn't think that, but then you think of how, how just favorable... <laughs> All those favorable. people in the middle of nowhere got to make money to shop at Walmart somehow, eh? Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, how favorable the police are, they think that you know they need the accoutrement to... Well, I think you... you know. If I may, I think that you have a certain kind of person who gets into a line of work because they're expecting it to be a certain kind of thing. And I think you have the ability to convince the people with the purse strings that some things are necessary. And when you have them, it's very difficult to never use them. And this is why I think the conversation about defunding the police is so necessary, because when you have a budget of, say, for example, $111 million, 
you have to spend that shit on something and you have to justify why you bought it. There's a reason we have bear cats, man. <laughs> they want to run people over. That's really all it is. Exactly. And it ain't because there's cartels active active in the area. Trust me. Yeah, there's fucking... What S- act of violence necessitates that kind of like reaction? In my personal experience, armored? the wrong black kid stepping on the wrong curb at the wrong time. Yeah. Especially if he's holding a toy that's shaped the wrong way. It's funny because with all of that posturing and all that macho bullshit, they're terrified of black children. I mean... That's why it's only posturing. Currently and historically. Well, exactly. I mean, I know what a scared person looks like. Yeah. And I've looked a lot of these people in the eye. <laughs> Every time you see a uh, a dude with a, a buzz cut Ugh. and uh, wraparound Oakleys, you know there's fear that behind the right those stuff eyes. jawline. Some kind of salt life sticker on a car. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm digging on fucking some kind of personal memory, I think. No, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. We know where you grew up. And why are you driving a Monte Carlo? Fuck (laughs) off. All right. I'm sorry. No, you're good, buddy. So that's Combined Systems Incorporated, and they're owned by the Carlisle Group. And um, the non lethal. Weapons industry is currently valued at $1.6 billion. I thought that was interesting. And a lot of that shit's not even like legal by Geneva Convention standards, so it's only cops using it, as best as I can tell. Well, like, because militaries can't use tear gas. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, yeah. uh, So that's a $1.6 billion industry just for cops. I would just say just for, yeah, that, the, uh, the, Democratic allies. That's what I would say. That's okay. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Israel yeah, 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 and yeah. us. Fair enough. So that's a that's yeah, a good if way you to, need put to that. oppress your your uh, uprisings. That's a good way uh, to America put that. America first, baby. <laughs> yeah, American <laughs> exceptionalism in action. Uh, and um, this year, 2021. No. Actually, I think like last week, man. No. Uh, the George Floyd no. Act was passed to uh, address. The need for police reform, more like piss uh, on the idea. Well, it was it was performative liberal bullshit, which is what police reform typically boils down to, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so they banned chokeholds, and it should be noted that like really? chokeholds were banned in New York whenever Eric Garner was choked to death. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's no fucking banning something that's just like a physical. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna wrap around to that ultimately. Uh, but um, they also banned the use of no-knock no knock warrants for raids, except sure. for drug raids. So they're just so the only thing they drugs. use no-knock warrants for already is the only thing that they're allowed to continue using no-knock warrants for. No matter what, they're just going to say there's drugs there. That's how They already do. <laughs> you know what I, I know. mean? I exactly. Whenever Brianna Taylor was, was murdered last peace. year, her boyfriend did the right thing when someone broke into his home and shot at those men. Exactly. And what was the first thing they said when they charged him with attempted murder, we found weed there. You know. You remember the black gentleman who was killed while eating ice cream in his own apartment like two years ago by that white lady cop who was just coming home from work? What did they say when they searched his apartment? We found weed there. Why is that relevant for a dude who got shot in his own apartment eating ice cream watching TV in the dark? 
I'm glad there's weed there. He's home. I hope that lady never sleeps again. I'm sure she sleeps fucking fine. It's just a point of another one of those things you see happening over and over and over and over again. That weird demonization of the victim after the fact by trying to smear their character. It happens time and time and time again. And this George Floyd Act does not properly address qualified immunity in the sense that it does not get rid of it because anything less than that is not enough as long as they're able to defend and police themselves. There's no consequences. And to top the whole thing off, it's only for federal cops. So your state, city, and local police are not affected whatsoever by any of this, which is the majority of the police that you have to worry about. Yeah, they're going to be the first ones there. So, so again, all of this is very bad. The scales always tip to never being held accountable. Yes. Uh, so just some some statistics here to wrap up. In 2020, the police murdered 432 white people. The police murdered 226 black people. The police murdered 156 Hispanic people, and the police murdered 185 people of undisclosed races. That was for 2020. It's now March 9th. As of February of 2021, the police have murdered 34 white people. The police have murdered 16 black people, the police have murdered 11 Hispanic people, and the police have murdered 71 people of undisclosed races. It is March, and the police have killed 132 people already this year. That's that's a little over one a day. I think they're breaking the one a day margin now. I mean, good for them, right? Overachievers. Gotta hit those quotas. So, in 1967, Lyndon B. Johnson commissioned the Kerner Commission to study police brutality and the part that it played in race riots in the 1960s. And they determined the following. White society is deeply implicated in the ghetto. White institutions created it. White institutions maintain it, and white society condones it. And the same can be said of the police. That's all I fucking got. I think that about sums up 100 or so odd years. Over 150. Consistent, just... Dog shit. Just boot on the neck. Yeah, and the whole time we're telling kids this is who you trust if you don't know how to find your way home. Scruff McGruff was on the case. Chicago, Illinois, 60652. Child marketing, man. You put things to songs. It's it's, it's really brilliant. easy to yeah. Century 3, Chevrolet, Lebanon Church Road, Pittsburgh. Yes, Minutes for the mall. Yeah, yeah, okay. So there's some childhood innocence back after yeah. <laughs> hearing about police brutality for an hour. Yeah, I was, I mean... It, it's just I'm I'm sorry listeners we have to stop meeting like this. <laughs> it's North Park on the yellow belt. <laughs> I don't know that one. Oh, that's actually. A, that's a, I've never been to the North Park, Park Lounge, but apparently that's what that is. But you know the theme song for the North Park Lounge. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Fuck we me, are right? farmers. Bum, 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 bum. I think we are both broken as humans. I now. I <laughs> my my sense of uh 
human emotion and empathy is completely broken. <laughs> even. That's exactly how we, we're going to end this season that we've done. Yeah, I think it's an appropriate place. We're just um, doing some kind of you know, impromptu recording and you know, letting the people know that we're still here and we're still drudging through the terror that is you know, the constant, abysmal, <laughs> oppressive force that is the police. And you should always look at them and remind yourself that they are stealing your money and killing people with it. And they are not here to protect you. No, they are not. Now, if I can just real quick for a, an ending that I was just thinking about. Yeah, sure. I was going to save this, but I feel like it's really bleak, so I kind of wanted to end on a semi-positive note. Okay. A lot of times you're not sure how you fix all of this stuff with the police because, again, they police themselves. But, you know, this year we have Denver and we have Portland who are going to try diverting funding to community services and social, like social welfare programs and try to uh, alleviate police dealing with situations where you don't need people with guns. I had a very yes. positive conversation yesterday with a gentleman who's running for office in Pittsburgh, um, Mike Thompson. Shout out to Mike Thompson. Uh, Thank you, we're going to have listening. him on the show here uh, whenever we come back for season two to discuss what is one of the more radical plans that I've heard for what we do about the police problem. Uh, and he's trying to implement it here in Pittsburgh. So I, I want to bring on a, a, the gentleman to, to say his piece. Uh, so exactly. you have that to look forward to. We've got so much cool shit in the works for season two, man. Uh, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to give anything away to anybody, uh, but I do want to let you know that you're going to be very, very excited. Uh, we just appreciate all the people who listened to the first season of the Four Cornered Room. Yes, we appreciate all those years out there that have been soaking up all this. Just and the sharing knowledge. and telling your friends and, and all the feedback has really been it's, awesome. It's been beautiful. We love you guys. Uh, so thank you for tuning in and telling your friends and thank you for being a friend. <laughs> that, I think that's. I really wish we had the ability to do that. B. Arthur, I can dig it. <laughs> oh yeah, sting right there. But uh, um, suffice to it. say, I can you dig it? Can you dig it? I can, I can dig it. Dig it. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Thanks again, guys. <laughs>